You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Updates on Black Energy. New standards for critical infrastructure cybersecurity are on the way. Security companies work to close holes in their products. The Super Bowl is coming to Silicon Valley, and hackers have noticed. Safe Harbor is replaced by Privacy Shield. U.S. and Chinese cyber plans are foreshadowed in budgets. And chemtrail hunters say they're going after NASA Network. This is John Petrick, the CyberWire's editor, in Baltimore, filling in for Dave Bittner with your CyberWire Daily Podcast for Wednesday, February 3rd, 2016. The U.S. ICS CERT releases updates on its investigation of black energy and the associated attacks on Ukraine's power grid. There's general agreement that the episode exposes an unpleasantly high degree of vulnerability in utilities and that fear of the hacker is only the beginning of wisdom. Sound industrial control system security practices are commended to all, and new standards for critical infrastructure protection are on the way. As the influential publication Control Global notes, utilities, and SCADA systems generally, depend upon wireless backhaul to manage widely distributed stations. So the coming standards are likely to influence many sectors quite distinct from power generation and distribution. As far as the actors behind the attack in the western Ukraine are concerned, Most continue to see this as a Russian operation. But what one might actually do with attribution remains a vexed question, especially if one doesn't have a badge or carry a gun and isn't building a case for an indictment. Recorded Future tells CSO that businesses do have an interest in attribution, but it's a different interest from a government's. Motivation informs methodology, says Recorded Future's VP of Information Security Strategy, and knowing in general what an attacker is seeking to accomplish can usefully shape an enterprise's security measures. Two security companies are dealing with flaws in their products this week. Malwarebytes is moving to patch its anti-malware product for man-in-the-middle and privilege escalation vulnerabilities discovered by Google researchers. A complete fix is expected in about a month, but Malwarebytes has offered some interim instructions for remediation. And Google researchers also call out Komodo's Chromodo secure browser. Chromodo disables same-origin policy and hijacks DNS sessions, says Google, all of which could expose users to compromise. Open Effect and the University of Toronto Citizen Lab release a study of fitness wearables. They claim to have found Bluetooth security and privacy issues in all of the devices studied, with the exception of the Apple Watch. The most common issue is locational privacy, but at least two of the devices tested Garmin and Withings, are said to potentially expose fitness information as well. Landry's and Golden Nugget, corporate parents of several well-known U.S. restaurant chains, including Bubba Gump Shrimp, Saltgrass Steak, and McCormick and Schmicks, disclosed that a data breach may have exposed customer pay cards used at its locations between May and December of last year. This year's Super Bowl, 
and we note for international listeners that this is the annual championship in American football, will be played this Sunday in Santa Clara, California. The stadium is surrounded by small cities whose names may ring a few bells. Mountain View, Cupertino, Palo Alto, San Jose. Yeah, that's right. The shiny new stadium is in the heart of Silicon Valley, and hackers of all stripes are widely expected to take a close interest in the opportunities this will offer as techie fans get loosey-goosey and disinhibited around game time. Organizers and authorities are working hard on security, and how they do will bear watching, at least as closely as the Broncos and Panthers line play. The U.S. and the EU, after letting Safe Harbor lapse over the weekend, have agreed to a new data transfer agreement, which they're calling Privacy Shield. It incorporates such steps as creating an ombudsman to handle EU citizens' complaints, an undertaking by the U.S. not to conduct mass surveillance of EU citizens from data shared across the Atlantic, and other measures designed to assuage European worries about privacy. U.S. listeners inclined, however, to mistake the European Union for a techno-libertarian oasis should think twice. The EU is also moving to severely restrict anonymous Bitcoin transactions. The proposed 2017 U.S. defense budget contains some $7 billion in cyber spending, much of it going to counter perceived threats from Russia and China. China's five-year plan is also out, with hints about that country's cyber plans. Here's the short version. If you're a company competing in some specific market against a Chinese firm, you'd expect to receive attention from Shanghai. Finally, the hacktivists of Anonsec, remember them, are back in the news with claims they've hacked NASA, and specifically that they got access to a NASA Global Hawk drone. NASA says the claimed hack of the drone is a bunch of malarkey, but the space agency is looking closely for evidence of intrusion into its networks. One might think that a non-second had chosen its target through a typographical error, mistaking NASA for NSA. It's happened before with other groups. But no, the hacktivists knew what they were after. They were after evidence of NASA complicity in the chemtrail conspiracy, a deep state, above-top-secret effort that's curiously enough well-known to listeners of late-night AM talk radio. And this perhaps is timely evidence in support of Recorded Future's conclusion that method follows motivation. And the truth we hear is out there. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. 
Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. Joining me is Jonathan Katz. He's a professor of computer science at the University of Maryland and director of the Maryland Cybersecurity Center. Jonathan, I want to take our audience through some of the key concepts surrounding encryption, things like plain text, ciphertext, and key encryption. What can you tell us about that? Well, there are two sorts of encryption schemes. There's private key encryption and public key encryption. In a private key encryption scheme, uh, it's a mechanism that allows two users who have shared some secret information called a key in advance to then use that key to communicate securely. And the way that works is that these two users have shared their key in advance. One user who wants to send the information will take their message called a plain text, encrypt it using the key to get some ciphertext, transmit that ciphertext over a public channel to the other party at the other end, uh, and they can then decrypt that ciphertext using the key that they've shared with the other party and recover the original message. And how does that differ from public key encryption? Public key encryption is really amazing. Public key encryption is something that was not even possible until the late 1970s, early 1980s. And what that allows is for two parties to have a secure communication channel without sharing any information in advance, without sharing the secret key. And the way it works is that you have one party generating a matched pair of keys, one being a public key and one being a so-called private key. The private key is kept secret by that individual, and the public key can be broadcast to the world, sent over a public communication channel to anybody else who wants to communicate with that first individual. Anybody with the public key can then encrypt, take the plain text as before, encrypt it to get a ciphertext that they transmit to the first party, and they can then decrypt that using their private key to recover the original message. And this is really amazing. It kind of blows my mind that it's even possible because it means that you can have two people standing at opposite ends of a room communicating back and forth with everybody else in the room listening to everything they're saying and still not being able to figure out what message is being transmitted. Now, it's my understanding that there's been developments related to this with quantum computing. What can you tell us about that? People are very concerned about the advent of quantum computers. And the reason for that is that all the current public key encryption algorithms that are currently used are vulnerable in case a quantum computer is ever developed. So what that means is that if we have quantum computers becoming a reality within the next 20 years or so, all of the encrypted communications currently on the Internet will be vulnerable. Thankfully, however, uh, quantum computers are not believed to uh, impact private key encryption as severely. They may allow an attacker to uh, speed up the time required to brute force a key, but they don't fundamentally weaken the algorithms the way they do in the public key case. So in case quantum computers are built, what kinds of things are on the horizon to protect us when that happens? This is really an open research area, and it's something that we're actively working on at the University of Maryland. We uh, received a grant recently to do some work along with NIST, exploring so-called next-generation cryptography that's going to be based on mathematical assumptions that are not currently known or believed to be vulnerable to quantum computers. But it's really entirely open as we speak. Jonathan Katz, thanks for joining us. Struggling to secure on-prem apps with modern identity? Don't worry, you're not alone. Join industry leaders from Fortune 500 organizations to secure your apps on any cloud with any IDP, regardless of your environment's complexity. Meet Strata's identity orchestration platform, Mavericks. Say goodbye to the headaches of app refactoring and legacy tech debt. 
With Identity Orchestration, you can modernize legacy apps to use MFA or passwordless authentication in a few weeks, migrate from one IDP to another, and so much more without changing the app. No matter your IAM use case, Strata extends the value of your current identity investments. And the best part? You can try it for free today. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire to share your biggest identity challenge, and they'll hook you up with a complimentary pair of AirPods Pro. Don't miss out. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire. That's strata.io slash cyberwire. And that's The Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Hey all, Rick here. At N2K Cyberwire, we're dedicated to continuously improving the quality of the news and commentary on our network. That's why we're inviting you to participate in our 2024 audience survey. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is invaluable. Plus, you'll have the chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card as a thank you for your time. Head on over to cyberwire.com slash survey. That's cyberwire.com slash survey to share your feedback now.